0: It's amazing to me when I was growing up, my parents would say things like this, boy, they would call me like boy. I mean, they were mad at me. Boy, don't you be hanging out with those folks. Don't you be hanging out with the people down the street. You stay away from that bad crowd. Anybody else's parents or anybody ever warn you of people things like that? Yes. Why did they do that? Because they knew that, that they were trying to teach us the truth but if we was hanging out with the wrong people, they knew that more is caught than taught. Amen, everybody? You can teach your children the right things, but if they go off running around with the wrong crowd, that wrong crowd, is what that crowd is doing will be caught more than what's taught. Amen? And that's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-three. I want you to read this passage with me out loud. Let's read it. It's coming up on the screen. It says this. Ready? Don't be misled. What? Bad company corrupts good character. You agree with that? It does. It's just a fact. It does. And so we have to pay attention to who our friends are. And today I want to talk to you about forming good relationships and the word, what I want to leave you with is this statement today. I, I try to find one statement, you know, if you don't get anything else out of what we talk about, that you can carry this one statement with you and that it, it may help you through your week. And that statement that I, that I have for you today is this, it's coming up on the screen. And so let's just read it together. Are you ready? Come on, let's read. My close connections determine my direction. My close connections are going to determine my direction. My life will go in the direction of the people that I connect myself to. Did you hear that everybody? I don't care what age you are today, your life will go in the direction that you connect your, to the of the people that you connect yourself to. That can be good and it can be bad. And so today I want to talk to you about friendships and, and parents, listen, we have to teach our children the right kind of friends to be around. One by examples. Is that mom today, We're going to make sure that we have the right friends around us. Amen? You know, when I was coming up, my, everybody in my family smoked. They did. They smoked. And they would tell me, Jeff, don't you smoke! <laughs> don't you smoke! But I would find myself finding a leftover cigarette somewhere <laughs> and going in somewhere and just lighting it up trying to find out because if they all did it, it had to be something great about it, right? No. <laughs> it didn't work. And thank God I, I, I did not get addicted, but I did try it many times. The movie Grease come out. Anybody remember that movie Grease? How they wore their cigarettes in the sleeve. Does anybody remember that? I remember being in middle school when I went around my parents, I go find me a little pack and put it in my sleeve right there. (laughs) So I want to talk to you today about three kinds of friends, types of friends that we want to avoid, and then three types of friends we want to seek out. So we'll go with the ones that avoid first, all right? So there's three types, types of friends that you want to avoid. The first type of friend that you want to avoid are the friends who gossip. Oh, boy. God hates gossip. It is a, the Bible called it out as a sin. And the Bible says that God judges gossip very strongly. He judges it very strongly. And what I want you to know is this, is that uh, gossip, what is gossip? Gossip is sharing information that you're neither part of the solution or you're part of the problem. Did you hear that, everybody? Gossip is sharing information about someone that you're neither part of the solution or part of the problem. And let me just tell you how gossip happens in church. It says, oh, we need to pray for so-and-so. They got this going on. It's amazing how we can mask gossip with prayer requests, can't we? (laughs) Oh, I gotta, we need to, whoa. Did you hear about it? We need to pray about them. And this is what they did. The Bible says this, Proverbs 20 and 19. Stay away from who, everybody? Gossips. Why should we do that? Look at, Read the last part out loud with me. They tell everything, and I mean everything. You say, now listen, don't tell nobody. They're going to tell it. And here's what I want you to know about a gossip too. If someone is telling, talking to you about somebody else, when they leave you, they're going to talk to them about you. Amen. When, you, when they come on and they're telling you, oh, did you hear blah, 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 blah. As soon as they start that, you need to know, okay, whatever you say is going back to them. That's the way they are. They got a tongue a mile long. Amen, everybody. So don't hang out with gossips. Number two, the second kind of friend that you should avoid is this, is friends who can't control their temper. We have heard that you, you know the statement uh, alcoholic. We understand that that means a person who, who is addicted to alcohol and it's ruining their life. There's another phrase that you need to become aware of, and that is rageaholic. They're always in a rage. Always. I mean, they're just always mess, always mad, and, and, and everybody walks around eggshells on them because they know any little thing going to set them off. And nothing worse than a little person with a big mouth. Because I'm one of them. (laughs) Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, why are you running all the time? Because I'm a little person with a big mouth. i got to run. But there's there's somebody that's mad all the time. You know, that's always going off on somebody. And so you need to avoid that. Why? Because more is caught than taught. And, and if you're not careful, you know, emotions are caught. And, and you will find yourself getting angry like everybody else and like your friends. And, and you don't know why, but, but you've caught that. And we need to make sure to watch that. <clears throat> the Bible says it this way. Proverbs twenty Don't make friends with who? Our woman. All right, there we go, amen? Oh, ladies, don't you act like that. No, you ladies can go off in a minute, too, I know. That's right. He goes on to say this, don't associate with one easily angered, or you may what, everybody? Learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. You will find yourself getting in trouble when you run with a hot-headed person, person's angry all the time, you'll find yourself getting in situations that you normally would not, and the Bible warns against that. Let me tell you something, and you, many of you say, well, I'm not hanging out with anybody like that. Well, many of you hang out with them called cable news, talk radio. A lot of people that are, that are cable news hosts and talk radio hosts, they're just mad people. They're mad at the world, and here's the problem. They're getting you mad at people you don't even know, and they get you all fired up at people you don't even know. They'll say, those people and those people and that person, that person. And before you know it, your blood pressure's up. Matter of fact, some of you could give up your blood pressure medicine if you turned off your cable. If you just change the dial, turn that podcast off, you're feeding rage. How do you know you need to turn it off when you feel yourself starting getting, getting this anger? You need to turn it off. Turn it off. The next kind of person I would say that you need to watch out, and again, I'm going to speak to your uh, future, not to your past, and that is this friends who sexually sin. Sexually sin. Now, again, everything that I'm talking about now is to your future. I don't care what happened. I don't care what happened last week or last year. I'm talking about to your future. Amen, everybody? Watch those people who sexually sin. One of the things is, as a, being a pastor, one of the heavy loads is, is having to walk with families that have been broken up because somebody cheated. It's horrible. You see the devil shows you all the glamour side but I'm going to tell you there's a horrific side on the other side there's damage And what happens I've just noticed this through the year that the conversation begins the same is that, well, you know, I started hanging out with this with this buddy at work and, and you know, we started, uh, you know, he, he was married, I was married and, 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 you know, we just started hanging out and he started telling me how he was having this extra affair and before you know it, he sounded so good, I found myself doing that. I started hanging out with this, my girl, you know, this two girl, two ladies, I started hanging out with my girlfriend and, and you know, she started telling me how she started going here and doing this and, and all of a sudden, she's these guys flirted with her and, and it sounded good and so I did and I ended up that way and now I've had an affair. See, when you start hanging out with people that are doing those things, before you know it, you will be doing those things. You will do things you never thought you would do when you start hanging out with people who do, amen? Amen. I hope you understood all that. (laughs) You will. One thing is crazy to me. You know, when married people hang out with single people, married people try to keep doing what single people do. If you're married, sometimes you've got to say goodbye to single people. Amen, everybody? Because you're not single anymore, and you can't act single and be married. You just cannot. Preach, pastor. You got it, I will. You got it, I will. Well, let's just go to the Bible. You're not interested in what i got to say, so let's just see what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 6 and 18. Would you read these first uh, four words out loud with passion? Let's read them. you ready to come on? Run from sexual sin. Run, Forrest, run. (laughs) Run. Run. What does that mean? It means run. No, literally, run. I mean, get out of there. Go, run. Run from sexual sins. Because sometimes it tries to chase you. (laughs) <laughs> Amen, everybody? Sometimes it's in our pocket, isn't it? It'll try to chase you. Run from it. Do whatever you gotta do to get away from it. Because if you don't run from it, it will catch you and you will be in, involved in something that you wish you had not. He goes on and says this. No other sin so clearly affects the body as, the, as this one does. For sexual immorality... For sexual immorality is a sin against who, everybody? Your own body. Do you not realize that your body is the temple of who, everybody? The Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, if you're a Christian today, you need to have the M.C. Hammer song playing. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. This is the Holy Spirit's. I've committed myself to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lived right here, and you can't, you can't touch it. If you want it, put a ring on it, baby. Right? That's right. If you want it. Now, let me tell you something. Before marriage, sex is no, but after marriage is go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I'm just telling you that you've got. Listen, we got to get it together. And our young people, parents, they don't know this because they're inundated with pornography all the time. And what they don't realize that modest really is the hottest you don't you don't want something that you see all the time it's what you can't see that you want. And when ladies, when you show all your stuff, yeah. okay, never mind. <laughs> Amen, everybody? Yeah. Oh Jesus, where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> he goes on and says this: you do not belong to yourself as a Christian. Your body, you've given it, you've dedicated to God because his spirit lives within you. And everywhere you go, he goes. Everything you see, he sees. That's why the Jesus does not like looking at pornography. And if he's living inside of you, he don't like that. And he, he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't like flirting with somebody that, that's not your your husband or wife if you know if you're married and then if you you know if you're boyfriend and girlfriend he won't want you to cheat amen he, Jesus Jesus is holy and that's what keeps us right that's what keeps us living right is realizing that He's living inside of me and everywhere I go He goes and so the answer is listen. We can't go but so far because Jesus is with me. And he doesn't want me to be like that. He don't want me to take him there. Amen, everybody. Remember what we're saying. My close connections determine my direction. Okay, I can see in your eyes. Move on. Let's do it. (laughs) So let's talk about three types of friends to seek. The first one is seek close friends who encourage you spiritually. Everybody needs somebody to pointing you back to Jesus. Amen? Everybody needs somebody to do that in your life. The Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. He says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other just as, in fact, you're doing. There's a difference between a compliment and an encouragement. Amen, everybody? A compliment says this. Girl, I love your hair. Look at you. Got them braids, you got that part, you got you got that color and you oh you look so good. Man, I love I love that shirt you got. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, them shoes. Them shoes, they tight. Them shoes are tight. I think that's the right word. I'm not sure if that's the right word or not. I'm slipping a little bit with my lingo. Anyways, whatever, cool, tight, whatever they are. I don't know. That's a compliment, and that does feel good. But that, you know, that's a little more shallow than encouragement. When you look up the word encouragement in the definition or in the dictionary, the definition means actually it's an action of, of support, of confidence, and hope. That's what you give when you encourage. You give support, you give confidence, and you give hope. Another way to summarize that definition is, is this. It says, it basically, the dictionary says that, in, that encouragement fills the heart. It fills the heart. And that's, we all need someone in our lives that can give us support and give us confidence and hope. And when you do that, it fills the heart and it gives people like a, it just gives them the wind that they need, the, the strength they need to take another step. I don't know if you've ever been in your life where you needed encouragement, but I sure have. I thank God for the encouraging people around here. I thank God for that. Several years ago, our church was not doing so well. I wasn't doing so well. It was about 2004, 2005. And we were going through a very difficult time. I didn't know if our church was going to make it, to be honest with you. We were that close to going under. And a pastor friend called me and he said, Jeff, can I have lunch with you? And I said, sure. And I never forget, we we met up on Mount Zion Road, the the, the, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse we met. He wanted to meet there. And I thought, dear God, please let him pay because I'm broke. (laughs) I'm broke. So sure enough, we met there. and, And he said, Jeff, I just want to tell you what God's put in your heart, you have to do. And I said, how can a man say that to me? Because what I'm trying to do is failing. It's not working. And the church is going down. It's, you know, we're broken. The people are leaving and it's bad. He said, but I want, he said, Jeff, I want you to know what God's put in your heart. You have to do. You have to do it. And I want you to know, I believe in you. And that God's called you. Don't ever give up on your calling. That God's got you. And what you can't do, God can do. And then right before we left, he pulled out of his pocket, an envelope. And he slid that envelope across the table. And so I didn't know what was in the envelope. I had no idea. And he said, Jeff, I'm gonna tell you something. He said, what's in that envelope is not gonna solve all your problems. But it's just to let you know that somebody cares about you and believes in you. I waited till I got out of my car to open up the envelope. I I was curious, like, oh, what is this? It was a check from his church to our church for $1,000. And like he said, that $1,000 did not solve our problems. But one thing that $1,000 did and that check did and he did was he gave me an encouragement inside of me that all of a sudden I felt like I could make it another day. I felt like I could make it another week, and if it had not for been that meal and that man sharing with me that day, our church would not be here today. I wouldn't be here. I'm telling you, it's the power of encouragement. Amen, everybody. <clears throat> That's why, that's why that this church, that's why this church sends those $1,000 checks to to the church down the street, to that that church to encourage them. That's why last year you gave away $25,000 to other churches. Why? Because we believe in encouraging one another. Amen? It's encouragement and we all need it. And so remember, my close connections determine my direction. When you're down, if you're close to the right people, they will encourage you and lift you up. The second one I like to tell you is this is choose friends who are ahead of you. Choose friends who are ahead of you. Look what the Bible says here. Proverbs 13 20. Be wise by walking with who, everybody? The wise. On oh, I hear the warning. Listen to the warning. This is the Bible. This is not Jeff. Listen to the warning. Hang out with who? And watch your life do what? Amen everybody. It's that simple, isn't it? Hang out with wise people, you get wiser. Hang out with fools and your life falls apart. It's amazing to me. We are so insecure. To get around people that are smarter than us, we get around pe- we, we, we're hesitant to get around people that are smarter than us. We're hesitant to get around people that who've done better financially than us. And we're hesitant to get around people who've done better in their marriage than us. We've done, we're hesitant to get around people who've, be- who've been better parents than us. And let me tell you something, you don't get better by getting around people that are worse than you, you do better by getting around people who are better than you and admitting that, hey, they've done a better job. I can learn from them, amen. And watch this, watch this. You are the average of the five people that you hang around. The closest that you take, you take the five people that you're closest to and you'll be the average. Look at even financially, financially, you look at your finances and you look at all the people around you, you'll be the average of the five people. And so what I'm trying to tell you today, in order for your life to get better, some of you have got to upgrade on some relationships. Whoo, did he say that? Yes, he did. Because if you're hanging out with fools, you're going to be a fool. Amen, everybody? You got to upgrade a relationship. You got to say, okay, I'm going to do it. I got, I got to get better. I got to get better. You know, I'm standing. Sean, would you come help me just a second? Sean, would you come right here? You just stand right here, Sean, right there. Look at me. Just right there and look at me, all right? Sean is standing down there, I'm standing up here. Sean, would you just take my hand just a second? Now, Sean's stronger than me. Let's just go ahead and say that right now, all right? <laughs> but would you agree with me that he has an advantage over me if I'm trying to pull him up and he's trying to pull me down, that he has an advantage called gravity? Would you agree with that? Yes. So no matter what, he's already got an advantage. Would you agree with me that it's either for Sean to pull me down there it is for me to pull Sean up here? Yes. You agree with that? All right, Sean, you've done your job. Thank you. Let's give Sean a hand. Sean, I'm thanking you for not hurting me, all right, because I know you could. He could have pulled me right off of here. What I'm trying to tell you is that in our relationships, when we constantly have people that are down there and you're up here, guess what they're going to do? They're going to more likely pull you down than you're going to pull them up. Do you see that? That's why I don't believe in missionary dating. Say, what's missionary dating? These people say, well, you know what? Well, they're not a Christian right now, but I believe that after dating them that I can lead them to Jesus. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Do you know how many times I've heard that? Over and over, and it's the same story. Oh, yes, because they're interested in you. They're going to come to church with you a few times, and they're going to act interested, but after a while, I don't see you anymore. Why? Because they were down here, and they pulled you down to where they are. Amen, everybody? Yes. So you've got to find some friends that can help pull you up. And, and I want to introduce you to my friend today. My friend who always pulled me up, who's always ahead of me, who always helped me. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He never failed you. He goes with you all the way. He's always got the best advice. He wants to be your friend too. Yes. Amen? Amen? Jesus is the best thing we can tell our children about because when we can't go with them, he'll go with them all the way. When we can't be there to say don't do that, he'll be there to say don't do that. When, he, when we can't be there to tell them to run, he'll tell them to run. Jesus Christ is the best thing that any of us can do or have in our lives is Jesus Christ. Amen everybody. Our children need to be saved. Amen. Amen. Do you see what happened? Being saved. Being saved, that means he's with them. He talks to them. It saves them. Jesus saves me every day. If life was left up to Jeff, I'd be in jail. And so would you. But Jesus talks to me every day. How about you? Don't do that, Jeff. You'll be an idiot. I like to, you say, well, Jeff, how can I be, how can I have Jesus in my life? I'm glad you asked because you have to invite him to be your friend. And so right now, would you just bow your heads with me, those that are in this room and watching online as well. And in your heart, would you just say this? Dear Lord Jesus, I need you to be my friend. I need you to save me. Come into my life, forgive me of my sins and help me to be just like you, amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand for that. Those of you that prayed that prayer today, would you just check the box on the back of this connection card said, I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you and send you information in the mail that will help you. So please check that as well. Okay. The third thing is this, the last one, is choose friends who will love you. Choose friends who will love you. Choose friends who will love you. Look what he says here in Proverbs 17 17. A friend loves when, everybody? At all times. In the good, the bad, the ugly. They don't run out when everybody else does, they run in when everybody else runs out. A friend loves at all times, and a brother or sister is born in adversity. I put this definition that I've been hammering and, and, and been beating this drum, and I'll continue to do that. It's on your outline, and it's on the screen. So would you read with me the biblical definition of love? Matter of fact, I'm just going to listen to you read it. You ready? Biblical love is, what is it, everybody? Person, That's biblical love. That's biblical love. Jesus said it this way. That the world is going to know you because you're willing to love people. Look what he says in John 13, 34. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, love one another. How are we to love everyone? How are we to love one another? Look at the next phrase. Let's read it. As I have loved you. Jesus said, you're, gonna, you're to love people like I loved you. You know what that means? And you're good, you're bad, you're ugly. He was always there. He never gave up on you. Amen, everybody? He goes on to say that, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples indeed, if what, everybody? If you love one another. If you love one another. That's what the world is asking. Every child is asking their parents. They have a sign on their forehead that you may not have seen, but every child wants to know from their parent, will you love me? will you do good for me no matter how you feel when I do stupid things that you don't agree with I want to know will you love me anyways I want to know will you be there for me will you love me every child's wanting to know that every 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 person is wanting to know every person that you meet has a sign on their forehead and that sign says will you love me will you do good toward me no matter how you feel will you love me that's how you can meet with people that that believe different than you, that, that vote different than you, that you can still get along with them because whether you like them or not, you're going to love them. Amen? Yes. The, will you? That's, that's the question. That's Every person's got it right here. Will you love me? Will you love me? Will you love me? Let me ask you the question. Will you love me? I'm, I'm, I'm asking you a question. Will you love me? Oh, shoot, I'm scared right now. <laughs> let, let me ask it one more time. I got a question. Will you love me? Yes. Good. I'm so glad to hear you say that because that means that when I share a message from God's word that stings you, that stings in your heart a little bit, instead of you saying, Well, I'm going to go find me another church, you'll come back. Yeah. Amen, everybody. That's what, because listen, if if I if I've been your pastor any length of time and I haven't preached something that that hasn't stung you, then I'm not doing my job. Amen, Amen, everybody. This word, when I read the Bible, it stings me all the time. Like, oh, dang, oh, love your enemies. I won't do that. Will you love me? That's the question. Everybody's asking that. Will you do good for me, no matter how you, you don't have to like me, you don't have to like me, but please love me. And I want you to know that I'm going to love you. I may not always like the things that you do, and I will not always give approval to the things that you do. But one thing I want you to know is that I will love you. You can go to another church and you can find a better communicator than me. They're out there. There are some great ones, especially in our area. They're awesome. The one thing you will never find is no one will ever outlove me. They will never outlove me because I'm going to love you with everything I've got. And when the, when the when you feel like nobody loves you, you got to remember, my pastor loves me no matter what I've done. It doesn't matter. He loves me and that God loves me and I'm loved by God. And you keep asking that question, will you love me? And when you're in doubt of anybody loving you, you just look up and say, God, I know you love me no matter what you love me. That's the love of God and the world will know you. The world knows that you're connected to Him because you're gonna love them. I don't I may not like my neighbor, and I may they may do things I don't agree with, and they might put trash in my yard. I'm gonna go pick it up and love them anyway. Yeah. I may not like them, but I'm going to love them. You know, they may have signs in their yard that I don't agree with, and I may not like that, but I'm going to love them. Amen? I'm going to do good toward them no matter how I feel. This is what changes the world. It's the love of God that you need and I need in my life. And every day I realize that every person is asking that question no matter how they're acting. No matter how they're acting They're asking the question behind all that noise and all that all that garbage that they're saying and all those curse words They're saying behind that. They're saying will you love me? And the answer is yes I will love you. I may not ever feel good toward you, but I'm gonna love you. Amen.